My number one kingdom goal is to become like Christ. My business helps me do that. Listen to me, Ethan. The number one reason for your business is not even to have an impact on the earth. Yes, ma'am. It's to become more like Jesus. Welcome to the Kingdom Brand Summit, where kingdom meets branding. Join on this extraordinary journey as we explore the intersection of faith, purpose, and entrepreneurship. Get ready to unlock your God-given potential, ignite your passion, and discover the power of branding for kingdom exploits. Each episode will bring you inspiring insights, practical strategies, and transformative stories from experts in the field. Don't miss a single moment of this empowering series as we embark on a new era of branding for the kingdom. I am super excited because I have my very own coach, Monica Spate, uh, CEO of Spate Strategies. Oh my gosh, I sincerely feel like Kingdom Branding Summit is happening because of her. She has played a pivotal role in that. She's a successful coach, mentor, and creative strategic visionary. She helps Christians get ready to embrace their kingdom calling, help them take courageous actions. Oh my, didn't she help me? Yes, she did. And uh, she's amazing in helping you advance your ministry and, you know, expand your impact beyond the church walls. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not want to say too much because she is loaded. She's amazing. She is, ah, uh, no one has modeled kingdom branding to me like Monica. She really has, not just in her brand, but in how she executes her vision because I have been a part of that. Talk of a whole lot of kingdom power, Oh my God, let me just keep quiet right now. <laughs> She's amazing. And I got to share a little part of her with you guys. So let's go. How are you? <laughs> I am so, I'm so good, Ife. And I'm so excited to be with you. And thank you for all the, the kind words and all the great things. But uh, not, there's not a but. Thank you. In addition to that, I will also say, I feel like we attract who we, uh, what we embody. Um, and I believe I attract the type of client like you who, who is just powerful in your own right. And uh, you guys, we had a, I had a session with Ife and it just blew my mind. I mean, it just really opened my eyes and was a catalyst for so many things of how I decided to move forward and the way that I express myself and self and show up in the world. And so, um, yes, you have been, um, you, you're just powerful. So I think, you know, light attracts light, you know, we, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so, but today we want to look at how did you get to that point where you embraced your call and, um, how has that journey been like for you? So I think I embraced, I think I embraced my call. Uh, how do I say it? I think the embracing of the call is one one thing. I think that word is really interesting because it's one thing to be aware of your call. It's another thing to actually embrace your call. Um, and I think I had a journey of both, but I didn't fully embrace it because I wasn't quite sure what the thing was. 
And then when the thing, right, I say thing kind of in quotes, it's not a thing, it's an anointing, it's a call. But when, but at that time it was a thing. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And when that thing starts impacting other people, both uh, negatively and negatively, meaning they're not impacted negative, negatively, but the way you show up causes you to have a negative response from people because they don't, mm. they don't get it or they don't want it. Um, or they don't like it. And then it also impacts people positively. And you're kind of trying to find your space. And so I think it took me years to embrace it. I discovered it when I was in middle school, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shared this story before. Basically, and I sh- I'll give you the short version in that my my dad was a therapist, social worker, a pastor, leader in the church, all the things, teacher, I mean, a, a amazing teacher. Um, of the gospel, of life principles, of purpose. And he always instilled those things in us. And he was working as a social worker. There was a, a girl's home, what they called it. I think it was a girl's home is what they called it back then. But a home for at-risk youth. And this particular young lady, same age as me, probably middle schoolish, fifth, sixth grade, um, was gonna, she wanted to commit suicide. Mm. And so they called my dad and he had to go out on call. And so when he went, and I always say this because it was nighttime, I remember this, and I'm thinking, I don't know why I would have been out that late with my dad. Like, I should have probably been in bed somewhere. Mm-hmm. But what he recognized, I don't even know when he and how he recognized it, but he asked me to go with him. Wow. He said, I want you to come with me. And so he took me with him to this at-risk youth home and talked to this young lady. He did his work first. And he said, hey, I want my daughter to talk to you. How do we sound like 2015, the anniversary of his death is third, tomorrow, uh, Friday. So oh. all of this is just... Is and coming up for me, but he said, I want my daughter to talk to you. I was in sixth or seventh grade, Ife. Like, what, what, what did I have to say in sixth or seventh grade, right? So I go in, I don't even know what the conversation was. I remember talking to her though about there was more for her. I remember telling her like, your life has meaning, there's more for you. I remember that, those kind of talking about that, but what specifically, I don't know what I said. All I know is I said what I said. We had a conversation. It seemed to be a decent conversation. She seemed lighter when I left. We are on our way home, and my dad gets a phone call from this home, from the whoever was working that night, and says she changed her mind. Hmm. And my dad said to me, I don't know what you said to her, but she changed her mind. Because I did the talking. My dad didn't really do anything. He had me go in. And that was the first time I knew. It was a defining moment for me. And I remember thinking, like, this is... I'm supposed to do something like it felt good. Like it felt right. Like it just felt like a thing. Um, And again, I'm sixth, seventh grade, life goes on. And so that was the first time I was aware of my call. I was always leading. I was always trying to get somebody to to do a thing. Like you can do it. (laughs) I used to be like, you know, visioning for other people. Like I could see like greatness in other people. I could always see there was more. And I was always trying to get people to be their best and all these things. Um, and that was cool as long as I was in school, maybe in college, but it really was hard in the workplace Yeah. because when you start, you start being a peer with your colleagues and you're helping your colleagues see more, sometimes when they start to see more, they might leave the organization Mm. or they might recognize they're being mistreated or they might recognize this is not the environment that I need to be in. This is what God, they're recognizing something different and that's good for them, but bad for leaders. Yeah. And I would always have a friction with leaders in terms of stay in your lane, be quiet, all that kind of thing. And eventually um, I was working at a company and organization, nonprofit, doing some social justice work. And the leader just, it just wasn't going to work. I was too, I was too much. It was Ah. too much. Um, Ah. And I think, yeah, I was too much. And I think I started embracing 
this thing after I gave my life to the Lord and he showed me like, hey, this is what I'm calling you to do. And I began to embrace it and do it in a lot of different ways. And then in 2019, 2018, when I was working for an organization and my then uh, executive director and I were wonderful, had a great relationship until it wasn't. I didn't even know it was coming. It was like Saul and David, literally. It was like Saul and David where I'm playing a harp and she's throwing a jack. Like she's, we cool? Now we're eating dinner. She's throwing a javelin. Like it was literally wow. like night and day. And I was just like, what happened? And she, I mean, it was, it was, it was betrayal. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. It was discriminatory. Everybody in the office knew it, but the Lord let me know like, yo, and this is what he said to me. He's like, you know, you're going to have a, you're going to have to either show up in the strength and the anointing and the call that I gave you here. Mm -hmm. You get to do that here, or you're going to have to acquiesce to what she wants. Either way, there's a consequence. Choose mm -hmm. your consequence. Mm -hmm. My choice was to show up and to stop shrinking back and to stop playing small and stop pretending that I wasn't as 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 good at my job as or or you know visioning and strategy and things of that nature as I was. I stopped pretending that you know it was it wasn't me. I stopped you know just playing small and that was that was too much. It was it was too much too much currents current and power in one place. <laughs> so God was like, I'm firing you because I'm calling you to the marketplace and you're not just a marketplace, not just about marketplace ministry. It's about marketplace missionaries. Yes. yes and I'm a marketplace yes. missionary. And yes, so yes. finally I decided this is it. I'm just going to be who God's called me to be. And I'm going to keep growing that way. And whatever it costs me, I was willing to pay the price. And that cost me my job. Mm. Yeah. That's a lot to take in, whatever it costs yeah. me. Wow. So let me just go straight into this question. It's something I want to talk about now, but wait, let me see if we'll have time to, for that later. How has embracing this call, which costed you your job, advanced the kingdom of God? How have you, okay, I, I am a living mm -hmm. bro. Like, let me say, let me, let me say the first one. <laughs> So I have this thing for kingdom brands, not being Christian brands. You know, you can just say you're Christian, da, 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 da. But when you are a kingdom brand, it's so different. And one place that yes. I have literally touched executing a strategy session as a kingdom brand is in your coaching. I mean, we are all literally in tears. We are all literally under the power of God. And I'm like, she hasn't even spoken in tongues yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my world. So I know that for a fact that one of the ways I have enjoyed the kingdom during your coaching is literally see people touch the power of God during sessions, right? But I want you to share with us, how have you seen the kingdom of God advanced? Have you experienced the kingdom of God by being that brand? Absolutely. So first I would say, this is what I always say. One of the reasons I believe God gives us vision and purpose and assignments is because that's how we find him. That's one of the ways that we actually find him. You do realize your vision, your assignment, your purpose is just a series of obedient steps. Yes, ma'am. Oh, God my God. What does he want from all of his children? He obedience. So how do we obey if we don't have a thing to obey? 
Well, that's what purpose and vision and assignments are for. And so people who think they're not visionaries or have purpose or leaders, like you couldn't be more wrong, first of all. Like everybody has an assignment. I don't care what it is. And I don't care what, what, what level that you have to execute it on. Everybody has this. Why? Because this is how we get to know the Father. Yes, it's not yeah. simply through spending time with the Lord and quiet time and prayer and fasting and all the spiritual disciplines. I'm telling you what spiritual disciplines do. Those spiritual disciplines help you get clarity around who God is and to learn from him. And it's, <laughs> it also fortifies us so that when we obey and we bump into things and we're challenged, we have something that's sticking, right? We have a relationship that we can always go back to or, or engage with and say, okay, God, I, this was off. I don't know what happened here. So we need to do this. We have to do the work of God. And I'm passionate about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's two ways that I've seen the kingdom show up through my through what I've, I'm called to do, because there's primarily two reasons, I believe, primarily, right, for us to do what God's called us to do. The number one reason I do what I'm called to do is because I'm trying to be like Christ. Yes, ma'am. That is the goal. The goal isn't the money. Mm-mm. That may be part of, like, I, I I have a business. I need to make money. When we're talking about kingdom goals, I'm not talking about my natural goals. I got to make money. I got to bring an income. I have to have clients. Like, the, I get it. We have to have those goals in terms of building a business. We got to have strategy. I'm not talking about that. We're talking kingdom, right? Yes, so if I'm looking yes. at my kingdom, my number one kingdom goal is to become like Christ. Yes. My business helps me do that. Yes. How has the kingdom been advanced? Because Monica's different because I obeyed. Monica's different because she encountered Ife and some of the clients, some of your flow sisters. You know, I am different. I am showing up different. I have been pruned and sanctified and challenged and 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 uh, suffered and experienced the, the joy. My faith has been tested. You name all the things. And out of all of that, I am being more refined to be more like Jesus. Wow. That is the number one goal of a business that's in the kingdom. Is not to just be money, make money, not to just get clients. Listen to me, Ethan. The number one reason for your business is not even to have an impact on the earth. Yes, ma'am. Is to become more like Jesus. If I could prioritize that, everything else, right, happens. I have the impact. So here's, here's the first way that I've seen the kingdom impacted is his kingdom came in my life. Yes. His will was done in life on earth as as it is done in heaven. So the kingdom has changed. The kingdom has been impacted. The kingdom has been advanced because I've been sanctified. Oh my God. Because I've been changed. I've been transformed by the father, by obeying him through working in a business, not church. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean I haven't. I don't go to church. Doesn't mean, I, and I'm crazy about the church. Love ministry. I'll do ministry. I'll serve in ministry. I'm all about the church. I love God's people. Love God's body. I love God's uh, uh, the way that He brings us together in in what we call the local church. Mm-hmm. But I don't just serve the local church. I serve the global church. Yes, ma'am. And that's what people who are called to marketplace kind of mission ministry and who are marketplace missionaries are. They're global church representatives, not just simply local church representatives. And so the number one way the kingdom has been advanced through my brand is because I became a better brand because I became more like Jesus. Wow. This is why you're my coach. This is, oh my God. I love you. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. 
it's it's been game changing for me because here's what happens whenever I start to get off and I'm all over the place and God's like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What are because you do know all this will end. You yeah. do know it doesn't matter that you've impacted. You only stand before me alone. I don't I don't stand before the Lord and I get to bring up, oh, wait, wait, here's my finally flow students. Here's what I did. And he's like, no, I know all that work. But was that for me? Because only what you do for Christ will last. So it can look like Christ and not be Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't want him to look at me and say, I don't I, the works are great, but they're not they're not what I asked you to do. Can you become more like Christ in the kingdom, not be advanced? Is that even no, possible? No, not possible. No. no. And so I think part of what we do is we struggle with prioritizing what's the main thing. The second way I've seen the kingdom advance through the work he's calling me to do through my brand is that I have been able to kind of midwife uh, kingdom visionaries and, and kind of help them birth babies into the world. And these babies, if you will, are growing up and impacting other people. This Kingdom Brand Summit mm-hmm. is one of the things that I could I help birth, right, as a midwife and reminding you to not get in your head. What are you waiting for? Why are you still playing with this? I was able to kind of bring God's voice into your life uh, and be a representative of him and be his vessel, not just so my Kingdom Brand could be seen and heard, but so your Kingdom Brand could be seen and heard. So the people that I'm never going to talk to or reach or teach you will. And so the kingdom is advanced because it's, it's by the process of multiplication. Yes. Not just addition, but mm. multiplication in terms of I'm not just hitting Ife and turn and, and, and hel- helping you. Right. I am helping generations, two, two, two types of generations, if you will. There's a biological generation, which means your bloodline. Yeah. You becoming different, you stepping into it, it impacts your line, impacts your children, it impacts your marriage, it impacts your 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 family unit. That's one. The other generation is your non-biological biological generation, which is a generation of people that are called to you. Yeah. Your, your your business line, right? Or your 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 line of influence, your line of impact. So there are people that are connected to you that their life is changing. Get this. Mm-hmm. You it's almost like multi-level marketing. If I were to yeah, call it that, yeah, this is like yeah. multi-level yeah. kingdom marketing, right? Yeah, Where I have a downline. I don't even yeah. call it a downline. I just have another line. And there's two prongs of this line. There's my there's there's a biological and there's a non-biological. So if I can impact both of those lines, then guess what you do? You have those same two lines. You're also exactly. impacting exactly. somebody out there way smarter than me might even identify a third line. I don't know. But there are different lines that you're impacting simply because I impacted you. That's how the kingdom is advanced. And that's how I believe the work God's calling me to do has been advancing the kingdom is because there's a lot of people that I've served and touched and talked to and showed up for and surrendered to God and and, and by serving them that are now impacting people that I'm never going to touch. And the kingdom is now, I've learned this from you, the kingdom is not simply expressed, Mm -mm. right? It's not just simply expressed. It's seen on a level that people are like, something's different and it's heard in a way, not just from the natural ear, but it goes deeper. It's transformative. The seeing and the hearing is transformative now because I showed up and did what God's called me to do from a kingdom perspective, yes, not simply from a Christian or business perspective. Ooh. Okay. Wow. You guys see what I enjoy. <laughs> I still love you. I love you. 
I love it's it's about of course because of your kingdom brand right it's it's the voice it's it's in the voice it's in the way what you say echoes the father's voice so that if you are someone that has the father's spirit it kind of just resounds like deep ah wow okay um <laughs> i love you um we're talking about i know something you do beautifully well i know when we're talking when we're looking into your kingdom brand it was about this um helping people break break out from the things that are blocking them from flowing but not just flowing in whatever direction now giving them a way to flow a dynamic way to flow so can we talk about that i think that's just what i want us to end with how we talk about those things that block us from flowing freely in our kingdom assignment especially for those that have this i'm in the church thing you know when you've been in the church for so long and you just have so many things that you have in mind about ministry about serving the lord about working in your call right what are those things that block us because that is what you take away i'm a living witness you just unblock them <laughs> so talk about those things that block us from flowing in our kingdom vision there's so there, there's so there's how do I say it? there's many but there's few. Mm. So what do I mean by that? I believe there's two dominant emotions that impact humanity: love mm. and fear. Mm. And if you were probably to you know to like unpack both of those, you could probably see different emotions that we've experienced: compassion, kindness, caring, right? those emotions come from love, mm. right? Rejection, controlling, condemnation, usually probably come from some level of fear, right? So if we, we stop there, so we talk about fear all the time. And so I think we can look at it nuanced, right? And say, what exactly is fear? And what's happening? What's this? But I'm going to say first, the first thing that causes us, I think, to to to, that blocks our flow is that we are really operating from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. Now it's a, it could be a lot of different types of fear, but it really, and, it, and it's not cliche. We really are operating from this place that causes us to feel like we're going to miss something mm -hmm. or we're going to be harmed by something mm -hmm. or we're not going to get something. Right. And so we start. And so then all these other emotions start to show up and we don't quite know what to do with it. And what happens is we open the door right to the enemy and we give him a foothold. Mm. And then he gets in and he begins to kind of taunt us. And I believe what Christians have, what, hap what happens with Christians is that we are, I call it, we're spiritually stalked. The enemy's stalking us. Mm. He's stalking us. And what happens is, you're, you're, you know, if you think of it in, in natural terms, you're coming home from work. There's this guy or female that likes you and they won't leave you alone. They found your number. They're calling you. They're showing up at your house and they will not leave you alone. Mm. And that's what the enemy does. They keep, he keeps stalking you with things. Now with the enemy, unlike in a natural way with the enemy, with things that he knows he can use to throw you off. So yeah. He, he will stalk you with this feeling that I'm just not good enough. It's what the world calls imposter syndrome. First of all, let's just be real. Ain't nothing new under the sun. And all these syndromes we got, and you can go back to the Bible and see Moses, Abraham. I mean, it ain't nothing here. new. I just, 
<laughs> they gave it a nice name and now people are paying for it. Like just, I can just go to the Bible in the Old Testament and tell you where it started. Yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah where it started was that we, when, when Adam sinned, mm-hmm. the original intent of humanity and relationship with God, that original fellowship was broken. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that there was a life before Adam sinned? And if you go to Genesis before Adam sinned and look at the original intent of God's design and God's plan, that's where we're supposed to be living. Yeah. When Adam sinned, fear entered. The first emotion that we see is fear. How do we know? He covered himself. He was afraid. So he hid the very first. So why do we shrink back? Because we're afraid. So what do we do? We hide. Hide. So there's a lot of reasons that we hide. There's a lot of reasons we hide. And here's the other thing. Every, all fear is not a spirit. So everything's not a spirit of fear. There's an emotion of fear. Then there's a spirit of fear. And this by and large is what's keeping people locked up. And I could, I mean, when I work with clients, I can look at rejection. I can look at uh, um, control, manipulation, domination, intimidation. I can look at all kinds of things and and break it all off. And that's another conversation. But if I were to kind of give, your audience, something to really think about. There's an emotion and there's, there is a, there's a spirit. spirit. You persist in the emotion too long. You open it up to be a stronghold and it becomes a spiritual stronghold in your life. That's why you got to identify these things early and deal with it. So, so here's what happens. We, we, we start to look at, okay, something happens in my life and I become afraid. Oh my God, I had a bad result, a bad outcome. Oh, I don't want to do that again. I touched the stove. It was hot. Well, you should be afraid to touch the stove because it's hot. Like that's just kind of natural thing, right? But if you're cooking, you can't be afraid to cook because you got burned when you touch the stove. So now we don't want to cook because I got burned and we lump everything together. And the reality is here's the problem. There's just a lack of clarity of how to use the stove. Mm-hmm. Maybe you understand how to use the stove. That's why you burned yourself. But if you get proper instruction and proper training and and, and you surrender to the process and surrender to what the stove is and how you're supposed to use the stove, you won't get burned. But instead, what we do is we allow the enemy to tell us every time we get close to the stove, you know, if you get close to the stove, you're going to get burned. Uh You know what happened last time? Uh You know how you started this business before and you couldn't keep up with your clientele. And so you just your your follow through sucked. So you were like, I'm never going to do this again. I never have enough time. Well, let's talk about it in context. And so that's part of the work I do is I start taking this stuff the enemy's been telling you and I start to break it down and ask more, more, more focused questions. Is that even a thing or is it simply you just have a lack of clarity? And mm-hmm. if you have the clarity, you kind of might know what to do. Maybe it's a lack of strategy. Maybe you know what God's calling you to do. You just don't know how to how? do it. And so what we have to remember is that we can't own everything that comes to us without interrogating it yes and so one of the things that people struggle with is they they have a hard time breaking free because they've owned everything and it's like this big salad bowl with a whole bunch of messages and a whole bunch of thoughts and a whole bunch of feelings that no one's taking the time to say wait a minute i like salad but i don't like radishes Mm. i like salad right but i don't like romaine lettuce i would prefer you know, spinach, you know? And so once we start breaking this salad apart and we're like, wait a minute, this is not, I don't, that's not true. Mm. You can then start to walk in freedom. 
And then we can also identify, Ife, what really is the problem? Now we can pinpoint, no, this is a spirit. This is a spiritual issue where you need deliverance. And I'm going to do that too. We're going to walk through that too. We're going to walk <laughs> through a process of how you break free from spiritual strongholds that, that's been persisting in your life and keeping you, keeping you feeling stuck because you're not stuck. You feel stuck. And so that's what I think is holding people back and keeping them from flowing is they've owned everything and they can't get out of their head enough to really uh, examine and interrogate what's really happening. That's where I come in as a coach is I help you examine and interrogate and get clear so you can then move forward. Wow. I hope that was made sense. Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Uh, wow. Wow. You know, I mean, I'm just used to listening. <laughs> I'm taking you in and taking everything you're saying in. And this has been phenomenal. Um, maybe in two minutes or three, because the time is counting down, could you please just tell us about impact outside of the church walls? In the expert series, we'll break yes. that down. How do I take it from, um, you know, step by step and all? But I want to ask you, why should we pursue impact outside of the church walls? In a real short answer, we should we should really <laughs> pursue impact beyond the church walls because that's where people live. Mm. People live beyond the church walls. And our job as kingdom citizens and kingdom representatives, or should I say kingdom representatives, we are representing something. My dad would always say, we don't need to sit in a church and shine up our armor and point it at each other. Mm. This is where we go. It's almost like uh, if you're in the military, I'm not a military person. And so if I mess this up, any of my military people listening, y'all, you know what I mean. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you have a base, you go back to yeah. base, go back to base to refuel, to get if you need some ammunition, if you need some, I don't know, some some certain uh, tools or or um, whatever they do. You need the military to fight wars wherever you go to get it. It's a home base. Like you're not in the field trying to figure out, you know, do I have any ammunition? Where is it? Like you got that stuff on your backpack. Like it's packed with you. You take it when you go. Yeah. So we go to church to get some of those tools and principles to fortify our soul, to help us understand what God's calling us to do, to learn, to grow all these other things so that we can go into the world and represent Christ properly, by the way properly, which is why it's important that you have a good church home that is talking about Christ and not just talking about um, cliches. You mm -hmm. have a good church home that is actually breaking down the scripture and the Bible and rightly dividing the word of truth and not just have a, a stage as a performance for some great things to do that feel good, sound good. They don't have any substance when you leave. You've got to find a good home, right? I have a good home. So when I'm in the world, I have to have impact beyond the church walls because the world is living beyond the church walls. And the world includes both believers and non-believers. I am impacting non-believers beyond the church wall and believers. Yes. There are certain things that are not happening in the church because the church wasn't meant to do all things. Not the local church. The global church was. The global church is meant to meet the need, all the needs. Not simply the local church. The local church isn't coaching everyone. Maybe they have a coaching program. Most of them don't because mm. the pastor is not your coach. He's your shepherd. Come on. Right? A shepherd is not coaching the sheep. He's shepherding the sheep. He's leading the sheep. 
Then you got some other sheep maybe in the fold that's coaching some other sheep saying, hey, the shepherd's this way. Come on, y'all. We got to go because the shepherd has to focus on leading the sheep. Now, can you do both? Perhaps. Sure. Absolutely. We're multi-talented, multi-gifted, but there are roles that we're primarily functioning in. And so we've got to function in our role in the world so that the world can see who Jesus is through the work that we're called to do, through your t-shirt business, through your candle business, through your branding business, through my coaching and consulting. I do consulting for secular organizations. And guess what's happening? The kingdom is being seen. They, I'm not taking a Bible and a scripture, but I'm taking, again, impact. Because I am becoming more like Christ, I take me into the into the space. So yes. Christ gets to show up, whether or not anybody ever knows his name, immediately. Oh. Right? And so we have to go beyond the church walls because that's where people live. Oh. And we do life with oh. people. I hope that answers your question. I try to do it in my little two minutes. Wow. And, and there's nothing more to say. <laughs> we I'm, look, I'm proud of us. I'm we, proud of us because you know we can go. We can go for a minute. I'm so we, you. <laughs> we have to go into the world because that is where people live. And that is what it means to build a kingdom brand. A reputation that represents Christ. That's all. Building a reputation. That's represents yep. Christ. Both to the and I'll say this hey, real quick. Yes, please. If I can say this real quick, you just said something. Let me just hit this in 30 seconds. You do realize Christ did not spend most of his time in the synagogue. No, please. No. He spent most of his time just among the people representing the Father. Yes. That's what he did. And if we are going to be kingdom citizens, which means we live and work at the pleasure of the king, we mm -hmm. do what the king has He's he's modeled for us what to do. This isn't hard. No. Christ outside of the synagogues. Yes, they had the home churches and all those, but I mean, most of the apostles, Paul was, they were doing missionary journeys, journeys all around the world. Why? Because that's where people lived. Yeah. Why? Because somebody needed a tent and Paul was a tent maker and somebody needed a tent and Paul was doing his business. Mm -hmm. Was building, he built a big, he was an entrepreneur. He had a business of making tents. And so when he was in Thessalonica, Paul was also setting up shop to build, to sell his tents and talking about the king. Yes. Because that's what he was there for. He didn't go to the church or try to find these little places simply to say, hey, here's who God is. Here's who Jesus is. You know, when he was out, I think it was in Rome. I think it was in Rome where he was, you know, among all these philosophers and they're looking at these gods and they're talking about gods. And he says, huh. And to the unknown God. Mm -hmm. And he began to share the gospel. Where did he share it? Among philosophers who were not inside of a church. Okay. There's our blueprint. There is our blueprint. Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Disciple people. Do not it didn't say we should go into the church. The disciple. He asked us to go into the world and disciple. Thank you so much, coach. I love you. You're welcome. <laughs> Guys. I love you. I'm having um, Monica on the expert series and it's going to be explosive. So I have to stop this now, but thank you so much for being a part of the kingdom brand summit. And I am sure you guys have, I mean, I'm just kind of in that mood. Where I'm like, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> I just want to ruminate. <laughs> and for me, what I am taking is 
the primary way your brand advances the kingdom is that it makes the kingdom advance within you. That is priceless. Thank you so much for sharing. God bless you, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Kingdom Brand Summit. It is time to truly elevate your message and position your brand for Kingdom exploits. And I've got news. The Kingdom Branding Book Bundle is coming out and you will have the exclusive privilege to get it at a pre-order price as the summit unveils. So sit tight for more details in a bit. Once again, don't be afraid to step out there and show up to build kingdom legacy through your brand.